Welcome back to the All Things Strength and Wellness Podcast. I am your host, as always, Robbie Burke. And before we get into today's show, I just want to give a shout out to all of the show's sponsors. Firstly, upmentorship.com, which is one of the top strength and conditioning resources available online today. The Ultimate Performance Online Mentorship is 20 hours of top-class strength and conditioning information available for instant access right at your fingertips. To find out more, head over to upmentorship.com, which is linked up in the show notes. Check it out and help support the show. Next, I want to give a shout out to Altus360 and Altus Education, which are two outstanding online resources for any practitioner in the sports preparation profession. Be sure to head over to the show notes and check out these unique platforms. Next, I want to give a shout out to Joseph Johnson at Ultimate Alley Concepts. Ultimate Alley Concepts is a multifaceted company providing the most sophisticated scientific material in sports science. Ultimate Alley Concepts is the world's leading resource for translated sports preparation material. Next, I want to give a shout out to Papi's National Sports Performance Association, which is an online certification platform for professionals within the sports preparation profession. Currently, the NSPA has four certifications available. Speed and Agility, delivered by Lee Taft. Olympic Weightlifting, delivered by Will Fleming. Nutrition, delivered by Dr. Chris Moore. And Program Design, delivered by Coach Robert Dos Remedios. For more information on the NSPA, be sure to check out all of the links in the show notes. Finally, I want to thank another brainchild of Pat Beef's, Athletes Acceleration, which is another online medium that delivers excellent educational resources for strength and conditioning professionals. And just like with all of our other sponsors, head over to the show notes to get the links to all of the available products that Athletes Acceleration has to offer. A full disclosure, except for Altus360 and Altus Education, I am an affiliate to all of the show sponsors. Lastly, before we get into today's interview, I just want to let all the listeners know that the podcast is now on Patreon. If you feel that you are in a position to support the show, I would truly appreciate any donations you'd be willing to make to help support the podcast. Okay, that's enough rambling from me. Let's get into today's show. This episode's guests are Mike Reinhold and Kiefer Lamy from Champion Physical Therapy and Performance. Mike is considered a world-renowned leader in the field of sports medicine, rehabilitation, fitness, and sports performance. As a physical therapist and certified strength and conditioning specialist, Mike uses his background in sport biomechanics, movement quality, muscle imbalances, and manual therapy to specialize in all aspects of human performance. He has worked extensively with a variety of professional athletes with emphasis on the care of throwing injuries in baseball players. And you can get Mike's full bio in the show notes. Kiefer is a strength and conditioning specialist through the National Strength and Conditioning Association. He earned his Bachelor's of Science degree in exercise science with a focus in strength and conditioning at the University of Connecticut, UConn. While there, he walked on to the four-time national champion men's basketball team and played for two seasons while at the same time interning with the strength and conditioning program for men's basketball and men's and women's soccer. After graduating from UConn, Kiefer interned at Cressy's Sports Performance in Hudson, Massachusetts and went on to start a strength and conditioning program at a Division Three college and also coach at a semi-private training facility in Connecticut. Kiefer has trained professional, collegiate, and high school athletes of various sports, as well as helped general fitness clients of all backgrounds move better and be stronger than ever before. On this episode, Mike, Kiefer, and I discuss many topics. Firstly, the guys fill me in on their backgrounds. I asked Mike, how did he find the switch from professional sport to owning his own facility in the private setting? I asked the guys to discuss the integrated approach that they embrace at Champion. I asked the guys, where is the line between the rehabilitation realm versus the performance realm? I asked the guys to outline the training system at Champion. I asked the guys about Champion's online training and educational platforms. I asked the guys, how do they qualify the level of their online clients? I asked the guys, how do they monitor their online clients' training? I asked the guys about the nutritional support they offer within their online programming. I asked the guys about their top influences. I asked Mike, how does he build a team environment and open communication at Champion? I asked Mike, how does he ensure that his team continue to grow and still feel fulfilled? 
I asked the guys, what are the good and not so good things that they currently see within the physical preparation and rehabilitation professions and what solutions they would offer for the not so good things that they are currently seeing? I asked the guys what have been the biggest lessons they've learned so far in their lives and career. I asked the guys, how do they learn? I asked the guys for their top resources. I asked the guys for their top life advice. I asked the guys if they have an essential daily ritual. I asked the guys if they only had one year left on planet Earth. How would they spend that year and why? And finally, I asked the guys the big question. If they can invite five people to dinner, dead or alive, who they invite and why? Guys, this was a great episode with Mike and Kiefer, and I hope you really, really enjoy it. Okay, gents, we are recording. Stop that! Stop that! You're making they're making they're making faces here. Uh, Mike Kiefer, lads, it's an honour to have you on. Uh, Mike, I've met you before and been in Silly Kiefer. It's our first time, so we're we're meeting virtually here. It's great to meet you too. But uh, for the listeners, lads, uh, give us a bit of the background. So, Mike and then Kiefer. Yeah, awesome. Well, thanks for having us, Robbie. We really appreciate being on the the podcast. Um, love everything you've been doing. I mean, I don't know. I don't even. When did we meet? Like, was that like five years ago now? Two thousand August two thousand fifteen. So tr- over three years now. It was actually yeah. the day I was flying home, and I'd worked at Boils that summer, and, and we stopped in on the way. On That's the way. right. Actually, I remember that now too, and I'm pretty sure you've been to some of our educational stuff. I think you're one of our testimonials on one of our websites. That was. Did you, did you know how long ago that was? That that's nine years ago next month. <laughs> that's pretty funny. Which yeah, that's that's pretty. We're getting old, dude. Oh, look, at, look at our hair and stuff. We're getting old, but anyway, was that a good enough intro for me? But so anyway, I'm Mike. <laughs> uh, but no, Kiefer and I, we're you know we work at Champion PT and Performance up in Boston. Um, we're you know a big facility, you know an integrated kind of physical therapy, performance training, sports performance, adult fitness, kind of like all that stuff put together. Um, but you know, Kiefer and I, you know, we thought we'd we'd both join today because you know Kiefer heads our um, our fitness here at uh, Champion. And, you know, I, I think, you know, having us, you know, you know, we collaborate so much with what we do to help people get better, just like using that dynamic between performance-based physical therapy and fitness mm. that I thought it'd be good to just kind of have us on. So, uh, so I'm Mike, this is Kiefer. <laughs> Kiefer, you want to, I don't know, what do you want to say about yourself? I don't know. You, get, you already gave it away. But, uh, <laughs> no, I would say, uh, you know, a former Cressy intern, worked a little bit in the college setting, worked a little bit in the private setting. And for the last three years, I've been here with Champion. Now I've got the easy job because I get to learn from these guys and just pick up where they left off with people. Yeah, great stuff, great stuff. Mike, just a, a question actually I, I want to ask you, and I think a lot of listeners will get, will get a lot from this. Um, how do you find it going from like a professional setup to a private setup? Well, you know, it's actually a good question because there's pros and cons. I actually think there's more pros than the cons, even though most people don't want to think of it that way, cool. right? When you're one of the biggest things that bothered me about working in professional sports was that, you, you know, I worked for the Boston Red Sox, right? So I we got to a point like I came from the outside world and went into professional sports. So I was, you know, always, you know, in, in a position where, you know, helping people very ethical and, you know, just, you know, I always want to help the person and do the right thing. And then when you get in professional sports, you know, there are situations that come up where people would be injured or we try to develop like a performance program for them. And you'd feel real good about it. You'd spend like two hours that morning getting up early, like, you know, hacking out a program and working on it. And then you present it to the player and they're like, um, yeah, let me talk to my agent about that. And you're like, I just, you know, so it, it was a weird setting because like you're, it was almost, it's almost like collegiate, like where you're forced to be there in the private setting. And Eric Cressy and I, we're good friends. We talk about this all the time. We, we get, this is like the ultimate cherry picking, right? Because people choose to work with you in the private setting. So it's so much more fun. It's so much more like, you know, just, you know, fulfilling at the end of the day because everybody here wants to be here or they just wouldn't be here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, so I actually think that's one of the you know the big things. But when we built this place, we intentionally tried to build it very much like the professional setting where we collaborate, yeah. right? And that's one thing that I think does not happen at the majority of gyms and PT clinics is that there isn't a collaboration. 
Maybe there's a relationship down the street with another facility, but even then still, I think we could do better. But for us, this is sports medicine here, right? I, there's so many of my rehab people that Kiefer's writing a program for, and I'll just do my manual therapy and hand it off to Kiefer because mm -hmm. he's better at it than I am, right? He's better at, you know, developing advanced programming than I am. So it's much better when we work together. Sweet. So let's, let's get into that. Let's talk about this integration model because just before um, – uh, I let you guys answer that. I interned at Altus uh, at the end of 2016. I was there from November 16 till February 17. I was there for three months. And, you know, obviously, even if you haven't been to Altus, you, you can see from their social media, like they're a very integrated uh, performance setting, you know. So performance therapy is huge alongside of the, the training of the world-class sprinters that are there. So I was, um, you know, I was very lucky to be in that environment and see a very integrated model. And it seems to be the same now, champion. There seems to be a very integrated model there between sports medicine and the performance staff. Um, you know, strength and conditioner, whatever we call it these days, people. Phys I'm a physical preparation coach. I always laugh because when people say I'm a, a performance specialist, it just makes me think of sex straight away. I don't know yeah. why. Wow, I have not thought that way, but now I always will. But I, I always do a performance specialist. In what? Thank, thank you for ruining that for me for the rest of the year. <laughs> I can see my website now. I already, like, I'm always like, I help people feel better, move better, and perform better. And I'm always going to be like, that's gas. But uh, yeah, sp speak to this integrated model and what does that actually look like, you know, in in person? So when someone turns up a champion, be it somebody maybe with an injury or someone who just wants sport performance, how, how does that whole model look on a day-to-day -day basis? I would say, I'll let Kiefer jump in in a sec here too, but I would say like, I don't think it starts off much different. Mm. Right. So somebody's going to seek out either physical therapy or fitness to some extent, not performance, because we don't do that here. <laughs> Someone's going to seek out one of those two. And remember, the consumer doesn't know that they need it together or they need like this, this blend. But it's about like, you know, imagine somebody's squatting and, you know, Kiefer's coaching them and he sees that, you know, it looks like their hips are off and they're doing something wrong. Imagine if we can do a quick screen, you know, maybe a little bit of manual therapy, get it right back under the rack. I mean, like that would be like so, so much more impactful on helping that person achieve their goals. And then vice versa, which we kind of already talked about is like, you know, rehab, man, we screw up a lot of times where people come in and there's, everybody thinks like advanced rehabilitation is just like fancier rehabilitation and we always say like on social media we're seeing so much like advanced variations of basic rehab where advanced rehab is is strength and conditioning right so yeah. it's not about getting fancier with your exercise but i don't keep it from your perspective you know like you know you've worked elsewhere without this you know how, how's it how's it different I think it's different mostly from the client perspective, right? Because they get this holistic approach where whether they came in for rehab or they came in for fitness in the first place, they trust us and they know that we have a solution for them based on where their goals go next, right? So if we have a client that trains with us a couple of days a week and maybe they're a recreational runner and they get injured, if you're somewhere else, they have to take time off from fitness and they have to go somewhere else and get rehab and you may never get that person back. Mm -hmm. Here, we just walk, we just walk into the next room and we get to talk to somebody and come up with a game plan that puts everything together for them. And then on the reverse end, you know, if somebody comes in for PT, like everywhere else you have this kind of now what moment, right? Like you get discharged from PT, you don't know what to do next. Well, for us, we get to kind of, you know, wean them off one end, introduce them back into fitness and get them strong. And they feel like they're a part of our family versus just this spot that they go to for a little while until they reach their goal and then they leave. And you know what I like about what he said there too is like there is a transition. It's like you may start off completely rehab, then it's 50-50, and then it's completely gym. Right. You know what I mean? And it, it makes it seamless for them, right? So that way they don't think that there's a definitive start and end to that. This is their spectrum of care from the beginning. Right. Mm -hmm. And a question I want to ask you boys is – where is the the line in terms of uh, there's definitely a divide here where this is definitely a rehab issue and this is definitely a sport performance issue here. So in terms of like, you know, if I'm a, if I'm a strength and conditioning coach out on the floor and, you know, I think one of my, you know, I, 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 like, is it okay for me to do a little bit of mobilization? Because at the same time, you don't want to be going back into the, into like all the PTs all the time. Say so this needs to be rehab. And you guys could be like, you know, you already could be busy enough and be like, listen, you know how to do that. Like, where does the line divide? Is it, is it pain? Is that where it goes? If someone's in pain now, it's, it's back to us or what are your thoughts on that? 
Yeah, we physically, we actually physically have a line right there on the ground. And if you step over that, you're, you can't, you can't step over that. There's a line. The coaches aren't allowed past that line. So we're very, we're very uh, elitist in this room now. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I don't, I, I think you're right. Like, so like if somebody has a mobility issue, like there's a ton of different ways to attack that. You know, I always call this the corrective exercise bell curve from that concept. Like mm-hmm. 20% of the time you're going to nail it. 20% of the time you might actually make them worse. Right. And they're everywhere in the middle is this gray area that just may not work. Yeah. Right? yeah. So, so look, if somebody doesn't have a big deal, if they're not in pain, uh, you know, but they just have some mobility restrictions, all of our coaches, like they attack it because we do assessments, we do individualized programming. So they try to attack it with that. But if pain happens or we get stuck in that gray area or even worse, like that red area, then that's where like, Hey, like you're not injured. You're not dying. Right. Like I think that's a big thing. And that's kind of why we call it performance therapy here a little bit. Like you don't have to be injured. You don't have to have surgery, but like, Hey, get a couple of quick sessions in for like that hip mobility, you know, see if they can lose something up. Uh, But you know, I, I think, you know, that's, that's usually how we attack it. What, What do you do from your end? I mean, for, for us, this is like the easiest place in the world to work as a coach, right? Because if there's something I'm unsure about or if there's something that I don't feel comfortable making a change based on a coaching cue or just a different exercise selection, then I don't have to even dabble in the gray area because I just want to make sure for that. So what I do as a coach early on is I make sure that right away that they understand like that we have this integrated approach, right? I let I use them to the PTs and I let them get familiar so that it doesn't become like a sales pitch to them, right? I want them to like know what we offer. I want to say, hey, let's try this approach first. And then if something's not working, I can say, well, you know what? We could chat with Dan, the guy you met last week. We could try and figure out a better approach where maybe you see him a couple of times, work on some of these things, and we can keep progressing with your training. Right. You know, we do the same thing from the rehab perspective where I spend quite a bit of my day in the actual PT room getting to know the patients. Yeah, probably too much. Too much, day. too much. <laughs> um, I try to get to know the patients because I want – them to already know the coaches that these guys are trying to talk to them about training with as they start to progress into more advanced rehab. Yeah. So it, and from my perspective too, I would say the majority of time, like, you know, it's almost like we're all friends here, but I guess I'm the employer. So I think everybody's my friend. Right. And they all really hate me, but they like, here he comes, here he comes. Here he comes. I feel like we're all friends. We're all peers. We're all collaborating. We're all putting our heads together like all day. We talk about stuff all day. So I would say the majority of time, like we're out on the floor, PT's out on the floor working with somebody else anyway. Kiefer has a question or something. We may talk right there on the fly in front of them and and just talk about the person. So they don't necessarily become a patient or need treatment, but then all of a sudden they say like, oh, I can, they're, you know, they're working together on my program and then, you know, in a week or two, if it's not working, then we can take that next step. But, you know, I think we, I think the first step with us is we all just talk and collaborate before we even say, Hey, you need treatment because that's, you know, it's, you know, I don't think it ever comes across as salesy from our end because we don't, I don't know, we don't act that way. We don't intentionally do anything for sales, but I think it's more about like, what can we do to put you in the best positions? Yeah. yeah. So uh, what I always like to ask people who run their own facilities is like, take me through a whole, take me through your training system. So I, I show up a champion healthy. I am a baseball player. I'm a football player. I'm, I'm an athlete. And I'm just like, make me better. What does that look like? So is there an assessment process? Who does that? Is it the PT or is it the strength coach? Then is there, a, is there like a, an athletic profiling process? You know, do you look at like, you know, my power, my strength, my speed? And then what is the situation regarding the program design? Is it individualized? And then if so, like how is that integrated into your business model? Like do, do I just come in anytime I want and I just do my program? Or is it one-on-one? Is it group? What's it look like a champion? Sure. Um, I would say we're probably, if you're familiar with it, we're pretty similar to what they use as a model at Crisis Performance for this. Mm, okay, yeah. Right, so if you come in as a new athlete, or um, you know, a fitness client you're coming in, you're gonna do a one-on-one assessment with one of our coaches. And during that assessment, we can try to get an idea of like, all right, what's your background? What's kind of your profile as an athlete or as an individual? And then we do a full movement assessment. We don't often do individualized, you know, like uh, uh, performance testing, right? Like we don't, we don't necessarily test their, test their 5105 or test their vert going into it. But once we've established kind of like their baseline and what sort of athlete they are, we use that first month of training to kind of establish the baseline going forward. Mm-hmm. So rather than being a one day performance test, your first program where we start to take a look at like, all right, 
Um, we're going to train you. We're going to trade your speed and agility. We're going to train your power development. We're going to train strength. And we're going to see how you move with everything. We can use that going forward to tailor it more and more towards the things that you need to enhance to get better as an athlete, as well as what's going to help progress you towards your sport. You know, we talked about that at one point too, like to jump in about that. And I think the, I don't remember who came up with this or, or who said this, but I, what, I, what I remember is like, like on day one, let's not show them how, how much they fail. Right. Mm -hmm. right. Yeah, yeah, I got you. We're starting a long-term relationship, hopefully, with these people. It's not about like, hey, look, you you suck at all these things. Let's train with us, and we'll make you better. Like, we'll get down the road. We'll do a vertical at some point in their program. You know what I mean? Right. Like, it's not on day one. Let's hey, let's make a checklist of everything you suck at. You mm -hmm. know, it's it's just the it's just the thought process. But I'm sorry. Right. No, I think I think that's important, right? Like, you know as well as we do, right? Uh, you can improve somebody's sprint time or something just by teaching them how to run better. Yeah, right? of course. So just them on day one, and then we test them after three months after we taught them how to run better. We're really almost tricking the system because we just didn't teach them how to do the test better. Right. You know, so I would rather help establish a relationship where they understand that we're building all these qualities of athleticism for them versus giving them a number and then trying to change their number at the end of the and, and remember, this isn't like the collegiate or pro setting. Like, we don't need baseline numbers to give to coaching. And st you know what I mean? Like, this yeah. is this is, it's. It, I think if I was in the collegiate or the pro setting, we've done that. We do those sorts of things. You know, they, we do that in the colleges we work with now, like where we do baseline testing. But you know, for our general clientele, I, I you know, I, I don't think that's that's our first process. So we're not against that. We just, you know, I, I think that's that's not. It's not going to help determine how we're going to program them initially right away anyway. So let's see how the first month goes and then we can kind of go from there. Yeah. And is the majority of say the athletic population you're getting, would they be mo mostly high school athletes? Yeah. Yeah. I would say yeah. the majority of them. Yeah. 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 So, yeah like, well, high school athletes, they're always going to get better because they do this thing called getting older. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. It's, it's, it's unbelievable. Yeah. Would you yeah. take credit though? Be like, <laughs> it's like, wow, you got so much stronger. You just, I don't know, you went through puberty. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. All that testosterone. Give me some. Um, so oh, we, it's, yeah, exactly. We, uh, education is, is huge lads, as we know. Um, uh, Kiefer, I've only just met you, but I'm, I'm imagine for somebody who works in champion along with Mike, I'm sure you're like all of us who are in this profession of, you know, sports performance or rehabilitation or, you know, just in the professional fields that we're in, you're probably mad about continuing education as well. Mike, you're a continual education production machine. Ever since I've, I've, I've ever come across you, like your work, yeah, I'm flexing the bicep, huh? As if that has anything to do with, you know, doing DVDs or anything like that. <laughs> but uh, regarding continuing education, you, put, you guys put out a ton of champion and you have a, a brilliant online resource. And a little birdie tells me that it's it's got a complete overhaul. You have a brand new educational platform that's going to be launched uh, next Monday on the that's still like the twenty is that twenty ninth twenty ninth October? Yeah, 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 maybe. So maybe, so maybe just just um just just tell us like about what 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 you what you have had so far online and what this new resource is uh, is going to um, put out to the masses. I'd say, you know, the majority of what I've done online in my past has been educating the professionals, right? Mm -hmm. So it's, you know, educating coaches, educating therapists, you know, personal trainers, whatever, educating them on how we do things that way. Now, as you know, right, there's a ton of fitness enthusiasts that love that content. They want to learn and they want to get better at that sort of thing. Yeah. But, you know, one of the things that we wanted to do, because people have been like screaming for this for years with us is like, well, hey, look, all right, I don't live in Boston, but I want to, you know, I, I believe in your methodology. I believe in your systems of how you guys program. I think I, you know, I, I you know, I, I, I jive with the concept that you guys are always trying to optimize and get the most out of people, that sort of, sort of thing. So we wanted to release like an online training platform that had you know essentially like kind of like our programming that people can do from a distance right mm. not rocket science it isn't like anything new right everybody and their brother now has online training but if if you understand like us and you follow us and you like our type of training we wanted to provide a solution for you you know so we you know we've been kind of beta testing this for the last year we kind of have like one of our you know Kiefer wrote like just like our like our flagship just this is like our bread and butter 12-month program that the majority of our clients are going to do here right and and we we thought like okay that's awesome we had a blast we had a great year we had you know hundreds of people do it with us this year but we wanted to offer more so more customized programs more individual coaching um, new like strength 
training clubs, right? Where you can like, you can join a group and you all start on the same day and you all learn together and grow together. We wanted to kind of like put that all together because that's, that's kind of who we are. Right. And you know, right. How many times you see these programs online, you know, people are writing programs. They clearly don't train people in real life. Right. They clear, you know what I mean? Like, or they're like, 24 years old, right? And have never worked with anyone above 26. So they have no idea how much I hurt every morning, right? So like, how are you going to write a program for me if like, you don't understand what it feels like to, you know, to be training for 10 years, that type of thing. But um, it's kind of putting that together. So look, we have a gym, we have credibility, we have authenticity, authenticity, we wanted to put that together online, and just be able to provide our programs for people. So you know, we're super excited to do that. I think it's going to be fun. And um, I don't know, I think it's just, it, it's about it's about helping people that we can't touch here in person. It's about, you know, getting that online crowd. We're, we're pretty excited. Yeah. I'm, I'm laughing to myself because when you say like the 24 year old coach, I always think of those like tw- early 20 year old life coaches. Let me be your life coach. It's like, you're not even like you're, you're a teenager. Fuck off. What are you, what are you talking about? Uh, but uh, yeah, Kiefer, maybe expand on that. Cause uh, you know, it seems like you're, you're the head of programming when it comes to, uh, when it comes to the performance programs there. So, Maybe just expand into your input into this uh, into this online uh, product that you're about to launch. I think the big piece of it, right? Like we say that there's nothing super special about the programs that makes them so unique that nobody's ever done it before. But I think what we try to do with the platform is say, what else are clients at Champion getting that you can't get from just getting a training program on? Right. So we added in more educational components to help them along the fitness journey. So we're going to help teach them through tutorials how to hinge, how to squat, how to push. You know, we help teach them how to know if they should progress or regress their exercises. We help teach them about intent, like how to make their workouts more difficult so that even though I don't have one-on-one touch points with this person, they know or they feel like they have a coach that's helping guide them to working harder in the program. Then on top of that, you know, we created this whole sort of like uh, fitness one-on-one journey for people, right? So if you're, you're a person that's not really sure what to get started with or, you know, you've never been to a gym in the past, it kind of takes you through this path of being a beginner to becoming a little bit more advanced and, and where to go next as you start to conquer your fitness journey. So yeah, I think yeah. it's about more than just the programs. It was about creating a platform that people feel like they can really learn and progress from. All right. And enter at any point, right? right? So we have this whole journey from you're on your couch, essentially, to you're an advanced trainee. Yeah. And you said, what's the life like from somebody that decides, I want to get into fitness? Because this is what we see in person every day, right? So somebody that comes to the gym for the first time, and then two years later, they're like Olympic lifting, they're like, you know, they they love fitness, they're doing Spartan races on the weekends, you know what I mean? Like, and you see how that changes their lives. So we said, like, what is the evolution from nothing to advanced trainee? And then now what, what we did is we tried to say, like, what program can, can we do throughout that spectrum? And we have different entry points. So we have a ton of, you know, newbies that come in and, and can get started with the basics of our program. But then yeah, we have a ton of advanced people or even like other coaches that like, you know, you don't want to program for yourself, right? But you know, like, hey, like this is some advanced programming because I'm an advanced trainee. We wanted to make sure we hit that whole spectrum. Yeah. And it's not just a 12-week template, right? It's like, uh, hey, here's like, this is, this is like, this is a fitness journey with us. Not just like buy this 12-week PDF and that's it. And haha, I got your 20 seven dollars right like yeah. it's it's about actually helping people through this spectrum in their fitness journey so speak a little more to that in terms of how are you qualifying people for the programs they should get and let's say i am someone who who uh, who really does want to work with you guys what, like what what can i expect like do i you know do I, am i assigned to a coach a champion like how much contact point do i have with them is there a call every week maybe just uh, you know um expand on that a bit yeah, it depends on the level. We kind of have options for everyone. So there's a lot of people that actually just want to program in the educational content and the exercise videos. And we teach them how they can modify the program to help themselves. We have that for them, right? Mm-hmm. Then we have like this middle tier that is like, like a training group, right? And this is where like, okay, look, you join a group. Kiefer and one of our therapists, Dan Pope, who's, you know, from fitnesspainfree.com. And he's like, you know, a big advanced trainee themselves. They're essentially going to share with the world what they're doing, 
right? Yeah. Like, here's our program the next three months. Join us, right? And and they they're always pushing themselves. They're always doing advanced programming. They're making it fun. They're switching up like the goals. So you know, then you have like this group environment where you know Kiefer can help you with your technique, and you know you have interaction in a Facebook group, stuff like that. And then for the truly people that either have advanced needs or just want to be more handheld, we're gonna do the one-on-one -on -one coaching where you know you'll meet with the coach. You'll do it over like the internet you know you can you can you can get a customized program just for you but that was part of our our point before the fitness journey is we wanted to create something for everybody it's not that hard to do it that way once once you take a step back and you say what is what is your fitness life like and for the fitness journey and you know that hey these these newbies they need to work on movement skills they need to work on understanding things you know how to do the basics of the exercises right that like second tier has to understand like, okay, what like now that I've made some gains, like what are some advanced periodization schemes? What, what's the concept of intent, right? We talk about that all the time. Like they don't understand intent, right? They're just lifting weights, but like, how do you know if you're pushing hard enough? That, that sort of stuff. And then down the road is like, all right, well, what do I, how do I keep doing this so I don't plateau? Or how do I challenge myself? How do I train with a purpose? Like, how do I always have like a fitness goal? Yeah. So we're, we're trying to provide answers for all that for everybody. And we're, I think we're starting at a really good point, but man, you should see our, our brainstorming list of all the other things we want to add to it over in, the, in the future. It's just going to keep growing. Yeah, like obviously, I mean, this is your first sort of venture on into this pathway as well. So you guys are learning too. Um, in terms of monitoring then the, the client's progress, how are you guys going about that? Like, are you, are you going to take things like, you know, volumes, intensities or training? What about even just like physiological load in the system? Are you going to do anything like with heart rate variability? So monitoring wise, how are you guys going to uh, look at that? Like that. Uh, I, I, think it go, I think it goes down to the tiers again, right? So at the, at the low level tier, there's not going to be much monitoring. Yeah, yeah. Um, but there's going to, you know, there'll be a Facebook group where we encourage people to interact and do that. I think in that middle tier group, when you're, you join like the training club kind of concept, that's where I actually expect to see a lot of those people actually like, you know, self-regulating that, self-doing that within, within the program, right? Those types of things. Um, so, you know, I, I think it's, it's not one of those things that's inherently like built in for everybody, mm. but there's going to be, you know, there's always interaction in the Facebook groups, you know, and the higher up the tiers you go, the more customized like coaching you get. So if that's yeah, something yeah. you're interested in, then, then, you know, that's something that, you know, we'll definitely encourage that they do, especially in that group environment. Because I would love people doing stuff like sharing like their HRVs in the morning, and, you know, logging in and talking about it. And, you know, I think if we create a good enough community around our programs, I think, you know, that could happen. Yeah, sweet. And um, I suppose like, you know, we have the movement piece an appreciation for the movement piece. We absolutely have an appreciation for the conditioning piece in terms of like the strength and conditioning piece. What about a nutritional component to this? Would that be something that the clients will have access to if they sign up for this? Yeah, very similar to what we're doing with the fitness journey. We're going to try to outline a nutrition journey because, again, I think everybody does way too much, right? So when everybody signs up, they get free access to, like, our nutrition 101 kind of content. Very good. And, and it's, it's so simple, right? I could probably explain it in 60 seconds and that's it, you know, but it's so simple. Like let's get the low hanging fruit of understanding what proper nutrition is yeah, and yeah. That, because that's going to be the most impactful at that beginning of your journey. And then as you get more advanced, we can start talking about, you know, specialized concepts or macros or individualized things like that. But man, if you, if you don't understand the, the concepts, like we're very, we're big, we're big into precision nutrition, obviously, like most people in our profession are, so you don't understand the basic concepts of how to eat. Who cares if you know how many calories you're consuming? right? Because then you're just, you're just having crappy calories, right? So we, we, our whole thought process and everything we do here is about empowering the person to learn, right? So they have to understand these things. If you don't get the basics, why on earth are you jumping to the next step? That's why your diet keeps failing, yeah. right? You know, so, you know, so it's the same concept for nutrition with us. Yeah, no, very, very good. Uh, listen, that's absolutely savage. And I'll have all those, uh, j just in case you boys, savage is an Irish term for very good. <laughs> I like I, it. I like it. When I used to work in, in America and I said, oh, that's savage. And people go, is that like good or bad? And I was like, no, savage is good. Savage is good. Yeah. yeah, yeah we, all, we also say deadly here. Like, oh, that's deadly. And, and, they, and people in America were like, you mean bad? And I said, oh, no, no. Deadly means like good in our, like, that's deadly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, well, you, we're gonna, that's all I'm going to say today now because of you. Deadly and savage. Yeah, just why is Mike keep saying those words today? Keeper's pants right now are deadly. Yeah, I see that. What are, you're hiding them down there. Look at them things. Huh? <laughs> deadly. <laughs> Mr. Burgundy. <laughs> don't act like you're not impressed um, 
Listen, that's brilliant, lads, and I'll have all that in the show notes. But uh, listen, just uh, I suppose getting into a little more about yourselves, um, I'd like to ask you boys about your influences. Uh, Mike, I know uh, Dr. Andrews was he's a big, he's a big yep. influence on you, uh, but Keith, yep. I know nothing about you, um, so I'd love to know more about yourself and for our listeners. Um, so before Mike can give his answer, who's been your biggest influences on you in professionally? Uh, sure. So. I would say first and foremost, my first influence was, was kind of like my university setting. So I went to university of Connecticut. Um, I actually had an opportunity to walk on and play basketball there. So good. first, you know, influence with a higher level of coaching, not necessarily strength and conditioning was with Jim Calhoun, one of the, you know, the greatest basketball coaches. Yeah. 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 Right. So having an understanding of, of how to work in a team environment or how to interact with people at, you know, um, different levels, whether it's, you know, their, their athleticism or just kind of like their, their confidence with things was super impactful for me. Um, and then, you know, after that, I went on, I interned at Cressy Performance. Um, Eric, I'm sure it, just like for a lot of young coaches in our industry, has been incredibly influential just in terms of, um, you know, kind of setting a foundation for us and for, for, you know, how we coach, how we program, how we individualize and how we look at people differently based on their sport, particularly baseball, which is turned into be one of our niches here as well um and then after that i actually kind of took a different turn and i went and i worked at a place called uh, tough girl fitness in connecticut i don't know if you've ever heard of them no but uh, the yeah. owner krista doran has created one of the most special and unique cultures there that i've ever been around and so their ability to kind of uh empower people and to help regular everyday people that aren't necessarily a high level athlete towards their goals and how she communicates with people um, has had a drastic impact on how I coach. And, you know, at Champion, we're kind of more well-known for sports performance, but we have a pretty large population of adult fitness, and yeah. I don't know how to be able to connect with them or connect with just the variety of populations we have as well without having been there. So, yeah, nice. Yeah, I, yeah. I just learned a little bit too right there. Just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, for me, I mean, like, you kind of nailed it. I started my career off in the 90s down in, in Birmingham, Alabama, Yeehaw. Uh, but uh, down there with, you know, I, I went down there to work with Dr. James Andrews and a, a therapist called Kevin Wilk. And it was actually, actually the biomechanist at ASMI too, Dr. Glenn Fleissig. And man, those guys impacted me so much in so many ways. Um, they taught me how to interact with people. They tell them, talk, talk, like taught me how to prioritize, like, you know, the right things with people and doing it the right way and, you know, always being accessible and being there for your people. Like people don't realize this, right? Dr. Andrews is probably like one of the most famous or probably most prolific surgeons in the world, like yeah. probably of all time. Right. I mean, he's the guy always on ESPN. Like when I was down there Friday nights, he's covering his local high school's football sideline, right? Cause his kids went there. Right. So he's literally cover covering a game Friday night at the local high school. Saturday morning, he'd wake up, he'd go cover half of the Alabama game. Right. And then he'd get on a plane and he'd fly and he'd cover the second half of the Auburn game. Right. Which by the way, that's like Red Sox, Yankees or whatever two rivalries you have in soccer or yeah. football uh, in your world here. So like rugby, I don't know, whatever your things are, but they, like that's, you know, Auburn, Alabama is like two rivalries and the man would, he'd cover both games on Saturday. And then on Sunday he'd fly to the Redskins and cover the Redskins game. Right. So it's about, you know, the work ethic and always being accessible. Like I can call him or text him right now and he's going to answer. And it's not because we're friends. It's because I'm calling for a patient. Right. And he knows that and he's there for his patient. So I learned so much about how to interact with those guys, how to, you know, how to put an emphasis on continuously growing and learning and, and stuff like that. You know, Kevin Wilk's still, you know, an amazing mentor and friend of mine where, you know, we collaborate on so many things. Like, you know, I, I think, I think those guys were, you know, the most impactful, but then uh, other than that, in all honesty, it's everybody here. Right. Yeah. Especially you know, Lenny McCrina, you know, my co-owner, he kind of directs a lot of the stuff here at champion. You know, we've been together now for, you know, well, we grew up together, but we've been, you know, we've been together, you know, working in business now for almost 20 years. Um, and man, I'm telling you, we just push each other all day. You know, Dan Pope, Dave Tilly, Mike Scaduto, all the PTs here. There's not a day we're not talking about something. You know, we spend all day talking about, hey, did you see this research? Or more now, it's more like, hey, did you see that stupid post on Instagram? And we talk about why it was stupid, right? Not about like, hey, let's make fun of that person. It's like, hey, what did they do wrong, right? And we all kind of talk about it. So, you know, I, I to me, it's about the team. I think the team drives you every day to not get complacent. Yeah. Do you know, a question just popped into my head there, you know, just saying about like, you know, you see something on social media and, and you know, you're like, you know, Jesus, I can't, you know, that person said that. And what came to my head there is a question about communication because cause of the facility you have and, and now your staff is, is growing. 
what do you do from uh, like, you know, obviously being owner of the business, what do you do from the perspective of like making sure you're, you're communicating as clearly as possible with your team? Well, I mean, for us, it's just about, you know, being open communication, but uh, we have like an internal messaging system. We use Slack for anybody that, I don't know, yeah, Slack, yeah. Valley stuff. I mean, we use Slack. I think Slack's actually kind of revolutionized us here. Like, we don't call, text, email ever, right? If I text, it's personal, right? It's about, you You're know, fired. How, <laughs> housekeeper's, housekeeper's dog doing or so You know what I mean? But, like, but it's, it's all in Slack. And you have all these nice channels where it's not just about, like, one-on-one -on -one direct messages. We have, like, channels, like, set up, like, for food and coffee. You know, like, hey, anyone making a coffee run? Like, that, that sort of thing. And everybody jumps in. We send some gifts. And we make fun of Kiefer's outfit that day. Like, sort of stuff like that. So, it's about, like, it's, like, interacting that way. So, it's, like, it's about being part of the team. But, I don't know. Again, maybe one of those naive kind of, like, business owners here. But I try to not really be a business owner that yeah, much. Yeah, yeah. I disagrees when I squash some of his ideas about moving equipment around in the gym. But, like, it's, it's, it's more about, like, just I, I feel like we're all peers. Right. And it, when you think that way and look, somebody has to make certain decisions. But when it comes down to other things, it's like, hey, how can we all talk in a way that's, you know, you know, spurs growth and, and, and stuff like that. So, you know, we're trying and I think everybody, you know, everybody struggles with that initially. And I know I'm getting better and better each year. You know, I'm trying to help, you know, guys like Kiefer, like earlier in his career, develop some of those skills, even though I'm still working on them. Right. So, you know, I, th I think that's what it's about for us here. It's we, our first priority here is is having fun which I think a lot of people don't say that. We should redo, by the way, our, we should redo our, our priorities for our company because number one has always been fun. I've been saying that for forever, but you know, have fun. Number two is just grow and learn, right? And then number three is like, is help people. Like, remember at no point are we talking about making money and no point are we talking about like succeeding in life. But if you have fun, right, and you're in a good group and surrounded by people that are always just talking and stuff like that, then you know your outcomes are going to be amazing and you know that's going to make money for you down the road. But man, if you make decisions based on money and you can see that, right? You've probably seen friends and peers that like you see like what they're doing business wise and you see a new venture they're doing or something like that. And you're like, Ooh, like, are you doing that for the right reasons? Or are you doing that for either ego or finance or something like that? And that's what we try not to do here. You know? So I don't know. We're, it's so far it's worked and it's a, it's a fun place, but I don't know. It's been what, four or five years now. So we'll see. Let's talk in another five years and see if it works. You know, I just want to say thank you for saying that because uh, I know I've been joking all the way through. Like I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a laid back guy. I like joking, but I'm being serious here. I really want to say thank you for saying that because it was funny. Even before you said learning and growth, I was like, being fun would be number one, and I was, and I was like in my head, number two for me would be learning and growth. And you were like learning and growth, and I was just like, because. And, and the reason why having fun and learning and growing resonate with me is because Dan Faft, who's a massive mentor of me, has coached multiple uh, uh, Olympic and world champions. His number one goal with every athlete is to have fun. He was asked one day, like, you know, what's, what's your number one thing with athletes? And he says, they have to have fun. And, like, people are like, what? He's like, yeah, they have to have fun. If they don't have fun, they're not going to, like, nothing matters after. They're not going to buy in. They're not going to have a relationship with you. They're not going to trust you. He's like, it has to be fun. And like, this is one of the most successful coaches of all time. And the more successful people I hear talking, they're like, it has to be fun. Oh, obviously. I mean, <laughs> it isn't fun. And then the second part of that is learning and growing. Because I was actually going to ask a question to you now, Mike. Again, I know you're saying you don't like see yourself as a business owner. But a common thing that I hear people speak about is that they have like coaches or employees underneath them. And they can see from them that they don't want to be there. That they're like, they're projecting into the future. They're like, oh, well, I'm just here to get to there. And like the kind of question you want to ask the owner is like, how can you instill the sort of mindset into the people who are working for you to be like, no, no, like I love it here. Like I'm present. This is where I want to be. And learning and growing and having fun are like three keys to that. So yeah. uh, I just uh, I just want to say thank you for saying that because that kind of, uh, that just resonated with me. And I was like, that's kind of made my day that I've heard someone say that. <laughs> well, you know, and I, I'd, I'd add though too for the older people out there. So like I'm, you know, I'm starting to get older and older and stuff like that. It's a, it actually gets harder to learn and grow the older you get because I, now my career and my learning evolution has ebbed and flowed so much here. Like when I worked in professional baseball, it, as awesome as that was, I would say that was the least growth I've ever done right? Because you are yeah. in the minutia, in the day-to-day. -day. You don't have time to do anything other than worry about who's in the freaking lineup tonight and why they aren't, 
right? Like that sort of thing. So I, I was so disappointed in how much that stalled my growth. And that's part of why I started my online journey was I needed this, this, this thing to do. But now the older I get and the more you kind of like you get well known for things. I'm kind of like being niched, right? Like a lot of people think I just treat shoulders, which is fine because I like treating shoulders, but like, look, we do other things, right? So, but I, like, you could spend a day with me and be amazed at how repetitive what I do is. So, like, Dave Tilly sits at the desk right next to me, like right there, and he's always like, I don't know, he's talking about like neurobiomechanical things, like, and, and, and I'm, and I have no idea what the heck he's learning and thinking right there. But he's younger, he's in a different like stage of his career. So him expanding himself then allows me to kind of leech off what he's learning and what he's doing yeah. to advance his athletes because it is so easy to get stuck in a rut, especially the older and more specialized you get. So, you know, it's if you don't create that system around you, and you know, I, I think you're I think you're silly. And and look, the more successful Dave is, the more successful Kiefer is, the more successful everybody is, the more successful we're all gonna be right yeah, here is going to leave one day right but great i mean good i can't wait for them to leave today because if somebody ever and we've had employees leave and they kind of like feel like bad you know like they're like, like uh, i don't know how to phrase this i'm like the most exciting thing you can say to me is i'm leaving because that's telling me that you found a better opportunity and i don't care what that opportunity is even if that's outside of our profession right but clearly there's a better opportunity for you in your life and that's way more important Right. So that, that's how I try to just kind of think of it here, man. If you're worried about, you know, the stresses of the business and making money and stuff like that, you're not going to be able to kind of have that kind of laid back approach and be able to communicate, connect with people. People are going to see you as just like that business guy. All he's worried about is, you know, this, that's prolific in my world in the PT world, right? It's all about numbers, right? Because, you know, there's high churn rate and all these things. It's just, I don't know. We're just, we're trying to beat that world a little bit here. You know, and I, I don't think anyone in the PT world puts fun as their number one priority. It's yeah, usually like, I'm, I'm actually trying to remember. I think it might have been on Mike Robinson's podcast. I think it was on that one where it, it was a podcast with yourself anyway. And, and you said that you were at a clinic and you saw like a ridiculous number of patients one day. And then you were like, you were like, you that was the day you were like, I'm never doing that again. You said you saw like 60 something patients. Or something. Right. It was like ridiculous. 40. 40 by myself. Oh, 40 not that I'm keeping track still, not that I, you know, <laughs> but 40 by yourself in eight hours. And you were just like, never again. Yeah. So I, 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 I guarantee you there's a vowels in there too. Yeah. Yeah. And you just, at the end of the day, now don't get me wrong. My partner was out sick that day, but like at the end of the day, you said, what, this isn't why I'm, this isn't why I got into this. This isn't why I'm doing this. Yeah. Yeah. So, like that, Cause I look, I didn't make more money that way, that day. So I didn't make more money that day. There's no benefit to me. I wasn't happy at the end of the day. I didn't have fun at the end of the day. Those people didn't get better that day. Yeah, right? yeah. I, look, I still, I thought it went well. You know, we over-delivered. I just didn't eat lunch. That day. You know what I mean? It's like one of those days. But, but none of the objectives were met other than the corporation making more money. So, like, what's the point of that? You know, like, I don't know. That can't be your primary goal. Right? Tell, uh, tell Dave Tilly I, I enjoyed his podcast with the Mind Muscle Project, boys. Is that Dave? You did a very good podcast, Dave, with the lads from Australia. Oh, thanks, buddy. I'll be there shortly. <laughs> Yeah, cool, cool. Big shout out, shift move. What's your website again? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I'm offended. I've been on in four years. It isn't even on my website. Shifthappens.com. No, shiftmovementscience.com. Dave Tilly. He knew it. He knew it. <laughs> I'm Matt Reynolds. Matt Reynolds. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you told me it's more intimate than you think. Dave's been saying it the whole time. He just didn't even know that. So everyone, they come here, they're like, man, we watched the podcast. And they come here, they're like, oh, it's. That's it. It's just that's it. It's yeah, yeah. It's that exactly. whole room. We're like, yep, yeah, that's that's it. Listen, uh, we'll, we'll finish with some quick fire ones and get your boys' thoughts on it. So the question I want to pose to both Kiefer and Mike here is, what are the good and not so good things you see within our professions? So like, so this this is this is both that's the not quick, dude. Well, yeah, yeah, it's not it's not quick. Sorry, it's not quick, but um. You can take as long as you want then. Uh, <laughs> so within like the rehab and performance professions, like what are you guys seeing, right? That is good. You're like, you know, I think as a, as a profession, as an industry, we're doing good there. And we're not doing so good there. And with the not so good, give me a solution. You want to go first or you want to stall? Whoa, I'm going to stall. You want me to think? All right, so you got 30 <laughs> seconds, right? I'd say the good and bad, right? The good is how many people are starting to try to share their experience online. 
Mm. Right. So, yeah, I think Instagram has been huge with that for whatever reason that clicked more than Facebook did back in the day. But I remember at one point in time, you know, I'm running a website and I always try to share links to other webs, websites around the world, help promote other people. I remember like every now and then there's probably been two, three times where I'm just like, Hey, anybody else want to help? teach people like like look if start a website and I'll help promote it I want to help kind of get you out there so we can all do it but now everybody's doing that because Instagram made it a little bit easier right yeah. so it's great I think everybody's trying to share what they're doing so that's good you know what the bad is everybody's doing that on Instagram yeah so it's the same as the good and the bad right yeah. the problem my biggest issue right now in our professions is that people are trying to proclaim expertise on social media which I think is the complete wrong approach. Don't try to make everybody think you're an expert. Be humble and just share your journey with us. Share what you're learning with us and, and as you grow a little bit here. But you cannot go to a conference over the weekend and then on Monday make a post as if like it's gospel, right? Like you can't like, like, like be that way because trust me, everybody older than you sees through that and then you lose authenticity and then and what's the point of doing it? So the good is share your journey, man. I, I want to see it. I want to I learn. I want to grow. I want you to come up with some new innovative things that we can do. But B is be humble about it. Don't pretend you're an expert because if you don't have the experience, we see so many things on Instagram that we look at and we say, oh man, and like, three years they're going to regret that post because it doesn't <laughs> happen in real life like you think it's about to right yeah. so so I, I think the good and bad are the same so boom <laughs> uh i think with with strength conditioning more it's i think one of the best things that's happened is we've made this shift over the last i don't know more years than i've been a strength coach towards a more individualized approach approaches to training right it started off the culture was everybody does the football program everybody is doing you know, squat, power, clean, bench press, and now things are more individualized. Yeah. Uh, you know, both for, for the person and their needs as well as, you know, for their sport or their lifestyle. I think the worst thing, one of the worst things that's happening is that we now think that everything is so individualized and everybody's such a special snowflake that we're afraid to actually train them, right? So everybody, people have 30, 45-minute warm-ups. They're laying on the ground the whole time before they actually get up and move a weight around and stuff. So I think that, you know, if we can take a step back now and say, okay, what makes all of these people similar? How can we train them first instead of saying, well, what makes them special or what makes them, you know, uh, different or what makes it so that I can't train this person that will kind of find this middle ground where, you know, we're able to individualize a sound foundational approach for everybody and actually get them moving well. Mike, just with, uh, it's a great answer, Kevin, great answer. Yeah, right now, he was so nervous. <laughs> uh, Mike, Mike, just, just, just with, with your answer, what would your solution be to the, to the not so good, so like the, the information overload, what, what would your it's it be, share with me your learning journey we talk about this with the students all the time don't try to proclaim that you're an expert just say like hey i went to a great course this weekend here's yeah. a couple things i learned here's what i'm gonna try to start doing what do you think yeah. i'd love to hear your thoughts because you know people are like oh well that guy said it worked you know like look you gotta you gotta experience it right like we always talk about the evolution right it goes from knowledge to skill to experience to judgment those are the four things. There's my journey for my PT world. You know, we talk about our fitness journey. You graduate with a bunch of knowledge, but you got nothing else. No skill, no experience, no judgment, right? Then the first couple of years, you start working on some of your skill sets and you get better at things, right? But even still though, if you're right there, say like, oh, this is going to be the best thing ever. You don't have enough experience because when you have experience, you're going to find out nothing works on everyone and something works for someone, right? You've got to figure that out. And until you have that experience, you're going to have no judgment. Right. So don't make this like these bold like posts on Instagram that are like so definitive because I'm telling you, I always say this all the time, but I've changed my mind so many times in my life. You can kind of see the evolution. We always say it. And I always say, like, look, I'm at some point in time, everyone's going to be laughing at us that we think the earth is round. Right. It's probably not round. Right. Just like they did when they thought it was flat. You know what I mean? Like, so you got to keep an open mind or what you're going to do in the future. You're going to defend your past statements and stay stuck in a rut instead of saying, hey, maybe I was wrong. Yeah. Biggest lessons. What, what have been the biggest lessons that both of you guys have learned so far in your entire life now, not just your career, so you can expand beyond your profession? Well, uh, and, uh, <laughs> I won't keep it to go first. Uh, I, I think just on a really basic level that not everybody communicates or learns the same way. Very right? good, very good. When you're, when you're in school and then when you get on and you start, whether you're coaching in sports or you're working with adult clients and athletes, like everybody learns so differently. So being able to relate, have empathy for these people in different situations so you can help them all 
Yeah, I'd probably piggyback off that maybe because I went second this time. But um, yeah, it's about communication is probably more important than, you know, soft skills versus hard skills, I guess, right? And how you communicate to someone is, is oftentimes more important than what I'm doing to the person, right? So every, again, everyone in that evolution of growth that I kind of talked about, everybody wants to work on learning like a new technique. They have no idea how to deliver it to the person, right? So it's about communicating and stuff. Like it, it, people always ask me all the time, like, you know, what should I learn or something like that? I'm like, well, if you don't know how to communicate to people, you got to start there, right? Just go to Dale Carnegie, start from there. How do you learn? Quickly. Next, next question. <laughs> now, well, I guess, you know, what, what is your learning process? So, like, you know, I've got, I've got multiple different answers to this. You know, some people are a whiteboard person where they brainstorm. Other people are like, I read, then I contact the author, or I listen to podcasts or audiobooks or... I do it like people are like I have to do it, you know, so there's multiple obviously ways, but what is your learning process? So to, to make that more of a, a, a focused question, there's something you want to know about a particular area. How do you go about attacking that? I, I, I would say I learn by reading and I learn by, I learn by reading the science. I think that's like the first thing to do. So there's really two things that I'd bucket together. It's learning outside our profession and then thinking the whole time, how do, how do I adapt that to my profession? Very good. That's one of my main things. And then the science and then thinking, how do I adapt that to what I do every day? And I was, you know, good examples of that all the time. I'm a better physical therapist because of my relationship with Eric Cressy because, you know, it, it, what he's taught me about strength and conditioning has made me a better you know, therapist. I hope Eric would say the same, right? That my, I have helped him become a better coach over time, right? And I think like Mike Boyle, I think, you know, you know, one of your mentors, I think, you know, is a great example, right? He's taken a lot of things he's learned from like our world and made it better. There's no such thing as innovation anymore, right? You're not going to innovate by like making up a new exercise, although my Lord, we're trying, right? It's, you're not going to discover like some exercise everybody else forgot about. Yeah. What you're going to innovate with now is by taking concepts from outside of our profession and applying it to our profession. And I think that's how you innovate in the future. Hmm. How do you learn, Kiefer? Uh, I, I would say the biggest thing for me is, you know, if there's something new that I want to learn, I try to, to hear it or experience it from the expert themselves, right? Oh, yeah. Or whatever person feels really passionately about the topic that I'm now interested in, right? I try to learn it, absorb it a little bit, and then I'll usually put it into practice with myself, right? So I'll spend some time on it. You know, if it's a style of training, I'm going to do it myself before clients get it. And I want to really evaluate, you know, it doesn't make sense to me. Um, do I understand this to a point where when I do give this to somebody else, I can, I can confidently tell them what we're doing and a reason behind it. And if something goes wrong, then I know how to troubleshoot through that. You know, so it's kind of like a learn from the expert, be, you know, be the guinea pig myself, and then I'll start dabbling with it with other people. And then I have this ongoing process of kind of evaluating what we learn. Brilliant. What would your top resource be to everyone listening? And with this resource, it can be anything. So again, it doesn't just have to be limited to our professions. Um, and the resource is something that you feel could benefit anyone um, in their entire life. You think a picture of me? Instagram story. What? <laughs> all, all, the, all the way from Ireland. <laughs> what, what, what would your top resource be to anyone listening? I'm going to say MikeReinald.com. That's M-I-K-E. Honestly, for me, it's, I still think it's journals, right? I think where everybody's trying to like learn these, like, you know, these, these outside thoughts and these very theoretical things has to start with science, right? So my go-to is still journals, right? I want to see the, the evidence, right? I have the practical, I have the experience, like, and we do it every day. It's how can new research and science make what I do better? I think that's, that's where I tend to learn the most. Savage. Savage. I, I think the biggest thing, and, and you know you've done this at multiple places, it sounds like, but like you, have to, you have to invest in learning yourself, right? So you have to stay. You have to fly across the country and go spend three months not getting paid to go learn from somebody. Fly, fly across the Atlantic, you mean? Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I was going to say, you, you've, uh, you've interned everywhere in the world. I don't think you've had a paying job yet, right? <laughs> still, uh, I'm still on the social welfare. <laughs> and, and, you know, we have this, this conversation with our, with our uh, students and our interns all the time, right? Like, if they're taking three months of their time unpaid, they get nothing else out of this, then there's, there's nothing they could possibly have their focus on other than becoming the best therapist, the best coach they could be during that time. Yeah. So I think that there's nothing that kind of like forces you to invest more than that because otherwise you've just made a severe waste of your time. 
Okay, boys, I need some wisdom here. What's your top life advice to everyone listening? Hey, what's your Instagram? Don't have one. You don't? No. No way, really? Well, I was trying to tag you. All right, sorry. Wait, what, what, what's my life lesson? Your top, <laughs> your, your top life advice. Uh, wow, this could go anyway. I like this. Be a good person. Wow. Nice. Yeah, that's actually pretty good. I mean, I be a good person is pretty good. I mean, other than that, because I can't say the same answer as there. I, the key to what I've done in life is is just you got to organize your priorities right, and I think that's it. And you gotta you gotta focus on your priorities first, right? So you know, like the last month or so, we've been really trying to get online training going. So I've been a little less present here at Champion because we've been grinding so much trying to get this stuff going. So, uh, so, you know, like our priority is like, Hey, look, we want to get this, this system built right here. It's like, put your priorities first. So in work, that's put your big, big projects before your emails. Right. Hmm. And in life, that's like, you know, Hey, do I, you know, I want to, you know, be around for my kids. Do I want to, you know, whatever, like if your kid has soccer practice after school, put that in your schedule first, not your patients around there and stuff like that. So I, I guess you, it's, have, oh, you read, have you read the book essentialism? I don't know if I yeah, have. I've heard about Did it. I? I heard it was great. Did I know I? Dave read it. I don't know if I have. Yeah. So just, just with you, uh, with Mike, with you, you mentioned priorities there in that book. He laughs about that. He goes, do you realize that the word priorities only came into existence like at the start of the 19th century or the start of the 20th century? He's like, the word priorities is actually meant to be priority. So like his whole point was that priority meant to be like one, like one thing. Yeah, that actually makes sense. Yeah, because and he's like, because of the modern world, people are like, oh, they only have priorities. And he's like, and so he's like, priorities are distractions. You should just have a priority. Yeah, that's, that's pretty good. That's like, like the word first is never plural. Like, yeah. here's my firsts. Right, like that doesn't make sense. <laughs> One first. All right, I'm, I'm almost like that. So you just taught me something, Rob. I did. I tell you, I'm, I'm not just good looks, man. I'm not just good looks and the Thanks. accents, you know. Uh, I won't keep you too much longer. So last three. What is what is a, um, a daily ritual that you boys find very important? Boom! You first making the coffee. <laughs> That's my day started. So, think, so, many, so many people give that answer. <laughs> um, I I plan out my calendar ahead of time. So like I almost every second I plan out, including things like you know eat breakfast with my family and stuff like that. It's a little. I don't want to say it's excessive because I don't think it's necessarily. I'm not crazy about it here, but I think my daily ritual is just planning ahead. Because again, if you don't plan ahead, you're just gonna get. You're gonna do all the nonsense. Yeah. What's the saying? You, uh, fail to prepare, prepare to fail. Yeah. Excellent. I love it. Okay. For whatever reason, guys, you've only one year left on planet Earth. How would you spend that year, and why? One year left? Oh, boy. Yeah. You've only one year left on Earth. How would you spend it and why would you spend it that way? Does any, do we all have one year or is it just me? No, it's just you as individuals. So you anybody else? <laughs> I, want, I just want criteria on this question. No, 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 go all, ahead. all the students are laughing in the corner <laughs> over there. Like, I just, I just, yeah, so yeah, exactly. I don't know. What would your year be, Kiefer? Uh, it, I, I'd, I'd spend the year with my family. I don't know. My yeah. family's spread out a little bit across the country, so I don't get to see them all a ton. So if it came down to it, I would spend my entire year trying, trying to spend as much time with them as possible. Yeah. I, have you seen the movie Gleason? I actually haven't. Yeah, I haven't either, to be honest with you, because the trailer makes me cry. So I can't imagine how it, that, that can be. But, you know, Gleason, you know, gentleman diagnosed with ALS, but he then documented with a new baby. He like documented his whole life, you know, for her, right? So I, I would say it would be, you know, spending that time with the people that matter, right? So I, I, one of an, another great person I came across in this world is Brian Bisconi. He's the uh, a physician that works out at UMass, but he, you know, he helped with the Red Sox for many years. He still helps with the Red Sox. One of the doctors. He told me when I interviewed, he was like trying to talk me out of taking the job. He told me when I interviewed, he goes, "Hey." what are you doing this for? <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know. I mean, I just, I think, I don't know. It's the Red Sox. I want to work for the Red Sox. And he's like, just remember when it's all said and done, the only one that's going to remember what you've done in life is your friend, your, your family. He didn't even say your friends, your family. Yeah. He's like, no one's going to remember that article you published in 2002. Nobody's going to remember that you spoke at some conference in 2018 or did this, this podcast with Robbie in 2018. Like they fucking will remember. No one's going <laughs> to no remember that stuff, but your family is going to remember all those times that you missed with them or the fun things you did do with them. So I think that's definitely the year. I'm sure that's a little cliche with what you do, no, it's but, very good. you know, you know, it, you gotta, you know, you gotta reset your priorities. Right. But I'd also make sure keepers ready to take over here. We've spent a lot of time. 
Great. No, that, that's a that's Wrap pretty, nice purchase and sales agreement. It'd be yeah. nice. Two great okay. answers, sir. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man. Well, hey, dude, thank you so much for having oh, us. Yeah. I love you. One more. You one more. Oh, you got one more. I'm sorry. One sorry. more. Man. One more. One more. And this is because this is the best question. So uh, I'm in town and I'm bringing you guys for dinner. Okay. And I say to Kiefer and I say to Mike, I say, lads, you can bring five people each to this dinner and they can be dead or alive. Who would you bring to this dinner and why? So Kiefer, you can invite five people that are alive. Mike, you can invite five people that are alive. So we're going to have 13 people at this dinner because the three of us and and your 10 guests. Oh, man. All right. Um, Can we we just shout them out? I'm going to say Warren Buffett. Okay, that's one. I just would love to hang out with him. I'm uh, it's gonna be tough. I'm going. Uh, I'm going Michael Jordan. Okay, that's a good. I like that. Um, Eddie Vedder, Who's <laughs> singer of Pearl Jam. Oh yes, 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 yes. Great dude. It'd be yeah. a good dinner. We'd have fun. Okay. Uh, in that case, I'm bringing uh, Tupac. Nice, nice. Well, yeah. we just pick him up on the way. He's not. He's not <laughs> dead. We all know that, right? Uh, <laughs> oh man. Man, four, four good guests so far, yeah. Well, how about we do five total? My fifth, Kiefer Lammy. Can't do that. He's already invited. He grounds me. He completes me. I'm bringing Pope. <laughs> <laughs> I'm bringing Dan Pope. Fitnesspainfree.com. Uh, yeah, no, I, I, yeah. Uh, it's got to be more. J.K. Rowling. Yeah. Wow. Cool. Okay. Like people that are kind of uh, at the top of whatever their field is. So that's 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 six people. That's six. You've got four more. You've got three. You've got one. Kiefer's got one. Mike is three. The guy that wrote Game of Thrones because I want to know what happens. Oh yeah, that guy. I think after a couple of drinks, we might get him to squeal a little bit. Yeah. Right. Are we getting off top? Is this is this going wrong? No, no, no. Listen, you can say you can say hang on this podcast, but uh, so two more, Mike. One more for for you, Kiefer. One more for Kiefer, and two for Mike. Uh, God, you're keeping score. You know I'm a. Uh, to, to keep it relevant, I'm going to bring Mike Boyle because I've never actually had a conversation with him. I think. Really? No, yeah, never. <laughs> Mike, really? really? Down the street. <laughs> like, really? You've never talked to him? And really, you're going to waste the seat on Mike? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, but, uh, wow. I was going to, I was like starting to think like a little bit more like prolific in time. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like the, yeah, exactly. Up, I was, was going to say Thomas Edison, but I don't know. I feel like him and Boyle might clash. You know, I think Edison's a lefty and Boyle's a righty. They'd be bumping, like, with their forks and their knives. That'd be weird. Is Edison a lefty? I have no idea. I don't know. He's definitely a lefty. Edison. He's definitely a lefty. Uh, Tom, I don't know if he is. I'm going to go Edison. Who else? I'm done. You're done? Dang it. I need one more. I need one more. I picked up a seat for I'm trying uh, to think, like, like who, who do I currently, like, I'm trying to think, like, all the people out there. Um, you know, I mean, I don't know. I kind of, maybe Steve Jobs, because I want to see if he really is such a jerk. You know, because he was such an innovator, but like, it'd be kind of cool. That was very professional. We didn't have we didn't have a good. Uh, oh, you had Mike Boyle. <laughs> we didn't have a lot of like professional answers though. But yeah, it's good. I, it's all good. I like Mike, it. Mike, no, and well, what I what I appreciate is that you guys actually gave an answer because I've often had people on the show and they're like, oh, I don't know, I'll have to get back to you. I was like, no, give me five in the moment now because they're so they they want like their guests to be like profound. <laughs> so at least you guys had the balls to give me some answers there. Listen. This is fantastic. Great chat. I'll have everything wrapped up in the show notes. Just finally, where can people find out more about you guys? Uh, I'm at uh, Kiefer, Kiefer Lammy on uh, Instagram and everything else is through Champion. Great, great. That's perfect. Yeah. And I'm just, I'm MikeReinold.com. That's just the hub. But then again, for, for Champion, it's ChampionPTAndPerformance.com. And from there, like you can click on our online training link and you can kind of see some of our new programs. would be pretty cool. All right, guys, that's absolutely savage as we were saying awesome so i'm going to wrap up here say goodbye to everyone so for everyone listening thank you for your earbuds but for now take care be well and stay strong (laughs) 